Good morning, and welcome to Crossroads of Rockland History on WRCR and WRCR.com. I'm Claire Sheridan from the Historical Society of Rockland County, and today we'll be learning more about the recent history project at the Antrim Playhouse, completed by local Girl Scouts. The Historical Society of Rockland is a nonprofit educational institution and principal repository for original documents and artifacts relating to Rockland County. Our headquarters are a four-acre site featuring a history museum and the 1832 Jacob Lawvelt House, and we're located at 20 Zucker Road in New City. It's listed on the National Register of Historic Places, and the Jacob Lawvelt House is a newly designated New York State Path Through History site. Part of our broad and challenging mission is to share the history of Rockland with the people of Rockland, and we rely on financial support for membership and donations from people just like you. Right now, we're in the midst of our annual appeal. We hope that you will make a donation to help us preserve and share the history of Rockland County. Visit our website at rocklandhistory.org to learn more about how you can make a tax-deductible contribution. Earlier this year, a group of motivated Girl Scouts took on a major history project at the Antrim Playhouse. The result is a wonderful permanent display of shadow boxes filled with history. In addition, they each achieved the Girl Scout Silver Award, and I'm delighted that it brings three of these four Scouts to the program today. So I'm welcoming Paige Danzig, Taylor Wald, and Devin Keeley to the program. Thanks for coming. Um, so we'll start with Devin. Did you all join the Girl Scouts at the same time, and if so, when was that? Yes, we all joined Girl Scouts in kindergarten as daisies, but in different troops. Okay, and um, Taylor, you're all now in the same troop, right? Yes, we are all now a part of Senior Troop 40720. We now have five members, including our newest member, Anya. Okay, great. So, eighth grade rolls around, and that's traditionally when the Girl Scouts Silver Award Project is done. I guess I should say middle school. So, Paige, tell our listeners a bit about the Girl Scouts Silver Award. The Girl Scout Silver Award is the highest award a cadet can earn. Before starting a project, the cadet first needs to complete a journey, and then to start the Silver Award, the Girl Scout needs to identify an issue in her community that she's passionate about. Then, she needs to make a plan and get it approved. Once the project is approved, she is able to finally start. Lastly, after completing the project, writing the final report, and sharing the project with others, the Girl Scout can celebrate. So the criteria for a silver award is pretty specific, and there are guidelines that you have to follow. So Devin, is there someone from scouting that reviewed your project, and if so, who was that? Yes, that is our Girl Scout mentor, Pat France, who helped us with our proposal and final report. And so the four of you decided to work together, right Taylor? So was that your whole troop at that time? At this time, yes. This allowed us all to work together, as the maximum number of people allowed to work on a single project was four. The project was so large that we really needed the four of us to make it work. And so, Paige, when you explored your community, um, which is Suffern, what led you to the Antrim Playhouse? I had previously had an opportunity to do the show A Christmas Carol at Antrim Playhouse, and I had such a great experience and felt so at home at the theater, and so I really wanted to give back to the amazing people there. Once your exploration period was over and the decision was made, tell me what your goal was. Our goal was to create a nice display where people could learn about the playhouse, almost like their own private museum. So this consisted of 14 shadow boxes, which now display eight decades of performances, the history of the building and the entrance players, along with famous people who perform there. And so to get the silver award, you had to really split the project up into four distinct jobs, right, Taylor? Yes. 
So tell us how the work was divided between the four of you so that you would have uh, each a specific success in, the, in, in your part of the project. Each of us had a specific job in the project. I was the purchaser, Devin was the bookkeeper, Paige was the historian, and Danielle was the shadow box designer. And as historian, Paige, you, you sought out a mentor for the project. Can you tell us a little about who that was and how you went about that? Yes, yeah, so um, I had a mentor who's Craig Long, the town historian, and Danielle also had a mentor who's Jack Eber, who's an art teacher. Oh, great, okay. So the history of the Antrim Playhouse can be split into two parts. So Taylor, can you tell us a little bit about the building itself? In 1905, Henry Potter McKinney was persuaded by the pastor of the Wesley Chapel Circuit to build a recreation center on a portion of his land, which would be used as the Suffern Community Club in Wesley Chapel. Eventually, the club started being built on the site of an old barn near a sandstone house where the meetings of Wesley Chapel parishioners were held. A stage and public seating were later added, and the clubhouse became the setting for many Gilbert and Sullivan operettas, concert musicians, lectures, and dramatic performers. In 1922, the community center was given permission to build a larger stage and a balcony seating area. In the 20s, radios were put into homes, and people no longer had an interest to travel for entertainment. By the late 1930s, the theater no longer had a sole purpose. And Paige, why don't you tell us a little bit about the history of the players. In 1936, a group of college students, under the leadership of Bell Mayer, unable to find work during summer vacation, decided to perform a play at the Airmont School. They named their group the Antrim Players, after nearby Lake Antrim, which had taken its name from John Suffern's new Antrim. There followed the usual amateur group pattern rehearsals in basements and parlors, performances given in school auditoriums. They were encouraged to continue their theatrical efforts for the entertainment of their community. They did just that during the years leading up to and during World War II. Travel restrictions during World War II had an additional declining effect on the activities of the Suffern Community Club, and in 1940, the Antrim Players leased the building and changed its name to the Antrim Playhouse. In 1953, the McKenna family decided to sell, but first optioned the players before advertising the property. Ambitious though it was for a small nonprofit group, a din of hard work and by selling long-term bonds, the large down payment was raised within three months. The playhouse was secured and the present era of Antrim history began. Since then, the facilities have been gradually improved to what it is today. So Devin, did you find out from the theater what they needed and wanted to do with their historical documents or did you go to the, the theater with your proposal? So we approached them with the proposal with the thought that we would be using the documents that were already hanging on the walls of Antrim. During the proposal discussion, they told us about the large files of documents tracing back to the beginning of the Antrim players. And Taylor, when you visited the theater, how did you find the historical documents? What condition were they in? When I first saw the displays, I was surprised by how the originals were hanging on the walls. They weren't protected, and this caused them to age quickly. And... Paige, tell us a little bit about who uh, Mr. Antrim was. Mr. Antrim was Tom France, and he was called that because of everything he gave to the theater. He was an actor, director, and overall caretaker of the Playhouse for many, many years, along with meticulously maintaining the historic files of Antrim. The theater is in the Playhouse is now named the Tom France Theater. 
You're listening to WRCR and Crossroads of Rockland History. I'm Claire Sheridan from the Historical Society of Rockland County, and we are talking with Paige Danzig, Taylor Wald, and Devin Keeley about their recent Girl Scout Silver Award, which was a history project at the Antrim Playhouse. So, Taylor, you knew this would be a large project with many aspects. Tell us about your role in the project and how you helped get it done. My role in the project was the purchaser. I was in charge of buying everything we would need, such as the shadow box frames, photo tape, photo paper, foam boards, and so much more. Overall, using coupons, we spent around $1,600. And Devin, tell us about your role. My role as the bookkeeper was to keep track of our income and expenses. I kept a ledger to make sure we were always able to fund the materials needed to put together the shadow boxes. And Devin, once your outline was done, and you knew roughly how much money you needed to achieve your goal, and your Girl Scout advisor had approved your project, you had to set out to actually raise the money. So what did you do? We raised all of our money through cookie booth sales, garage sales, and our favorite, flocking. Flocking is when people donated to our project, and in return, we placed pink plastic flamingos on their chosen victim's lawn. Surprisingly, this is our largest source of income, raising around $800. That's amazing. I I had never heard about flocking until I met these young ladies, so now I know. I think that's great. So Paige, at the same time you were flocking, you were also going through all of the file cabinets and folders of the historical documents. What were you really looking for? We were specifically pulling files that had pictures, news clippings, and other important information to make an interesting display. And I was constantly working with Danielle to decide what we should use. That must have taken a long time. I mean, there's so much stuff. Yeah, yeah. Eight, eight decades of, of stuff. That must have been daunting. So, Taylor, once you, you chose the images and the documents, did you put the originals on display? No. Under the advice of Craig Long, we didn't use the originals. We scanned and copied them in order to preserve them, which are now back in their files. So that must have taken a lot of time to scan, size. Tell us a little bit about about how how that process went. Every time we found something that we wanted to use, we had to scan and copy it multiple times so that Danielle could place it in the shadow box perfectly. So, Devin, when did you actually finish the project? Our project boards themselves were finished and hung at Antrim by September 1st. We did not officially get approved for our silver award until September 30th. So Paige, tell me a little bit about the display of the shadow boxes. We have all the shadow boxes hung horizontally with the exception of two, which are hung vertically in dedication to Tom France. And one of his shadow boxes hangs a red sock, which was the only requirement given from Antrim because Tom France always wore red socks. Antrim was so excited about the project that they decided to repaint, clean out, and re-carpet the theater. The project was able to give new life to the playhouse and Antrim was gracious enough to give us the whole balcony to seat friends and family to see a show before the big reveal. And Devin, once they were revealed, um, what was the reaction? Overall, the reactions of the viewers were very positive. Everyone was pleased with our work and proud that us young girls had an interest in our town's history. We were excited to hear that Tyne Daly was in town and came to watch a play. Though it was before our unveiling, she was invited to come downstairs and view the shadow boxes. She specifically got to see one board titled When They Were Here that she was featured in. Throughout everyone that came and viewed the boards, it was interesting to see how many people had a connection with a picture or article in them. 
We are honored that Ed Day, County Executive, took time out of his Sunday to come view our work. We were also thrilled to be interviewed by the Journal News, have our story printed in the paper, and of course, thank you, Claire, for having us today and giving us this opportunity to talk about Antrim. I'd like to give a shout-out to the Antrim Board of Directors, specifically Kim and Jim, for all of their incredible support. They were so excited that they wanted us to come back and do our Gold Award project with Antrim. Oh, that's great. Excellent. So, I'd like to know what each of you found was most interesting about Antrim in the process. So, let's start, why don't we start with Devin? What I find most interesting about Antrim is how precisely Tom France documented all of the events and shows at the Playhouse for almost 80 years. Without his amazing work as the historian for Antrim, we wouldn't have been able to go as far in depth on the history boards as we did. And how about you, Taylor? What I found the most interesting was that there is so much to know about the community we live in that we never could have known or revealed without having done this project. And Paige, how about you? Uh, What I found interesting was when we were going through the documents and making the displays, we discovered names and pictures of neighbors who had performed there years ago, which tied the project closer to home. How does somebody who's listening today or uh, has heard about this project, how does one see your work? Well, all the shadow boxes are there for people to see and enjoy, and all you have to do is go see a show and during intermission, walk downstairs and learn about the incredible theater in our town. So we hope that you go buy a ticket and see one of Antrim's amazing shows. So the shadow boxes, um, Taylor, are hanging in the, the area where one goes for intermission, right? Yes. And they're in shadow boxes. And tell us a little bit about what the shadow boxes look like. Each shadow box has multiple layers of foam tape, to hold the pictures at different heights to make each thing like stand out. That's great. And so you guys started the project at the beginning of eighth grade, correct? Yes. And then you finished it right when you began ninth grade. Yeah. And where did you do most of your work, Paige? We did it mostly in my house. My house kind of became an Antrim history <laughs> site itself. We spent hours and hours just um, working on the shadow boxes, scanning, resizing, and just going through all the information, double-checking if there was anything else we could use and everything like that. And Devin, uh, what was interesting to me when we had our, when we spoke a little bit before about it is that you'd be working, 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 and then you'd say, oh gosh, we got to go flock now. we got to stop and go flock. So <laughs> tell us about what that was like. So you'd put the plastic flamingos on people's lawns you'd have to take them off from the person the night before and put them on the next one right so you guys had to stop what you were doing with your project and start flocking yes so we stopped like working on the boards at around nine o'clock like when it got when it was dark and so we'd all hop in the car and go to the house that we flocked the night before and then see if they had anyone that they wanted to be flocked and then we'd go flock a new house and it was kind of scary at some points because like we didn't know the people that we were flocking because it's just lines of people's friends who we were flocking yeah that's great that's that that was really fun yeah um and you ended up raising a lot of money that's really good are you guys on break from school yet or do you we're starting um um two more days and so, Taylor, what, do you, what are your plans for the, for the break? I'm going to be going to Florida with my grandmother. Nice. Very good. And what about you, Devin? Uh, I don't have any plans. <laughs> just staying home. 
Uh, and Paige, how about you? Just staying home. And tell us about your f- the fourth member of the troop that couldn't come today, Paige. Why don't you tell us uh, 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 her name and what she did? Her name is Danielle Manos. She was the designer of the board, so she worked closely with Jack Eber, who's an art teacher, to decide what should be raised and what should be lowered. And right now she's in Israel. She's in Israel. That's great. Well, we're, we have a shout-out to her. Hopefully <laughs> she can listen to the recording of this and, and be proud that she was part of it. So when you actually receive the silver award, was that a special ceremony, Taylor? Yes, it was. There were many Girl Scouts from all over the state. And, and Devin, where did that take place? Um, it was at an old theater, if Paige, do you know? But everybody, every Girl Scout from the whole state that's getting the silver award comes um, together, or is it a regional? It's regional, so we're Hudson Valley. Okay, great. Do you stand up there and sort of talk about your project? Do you show photos, or, or um, well, do they just announce you? In the beginning of the ceremony, everyone's when everyone's like sit, settling down, they're having slideshows come through with pictures from um, different Girl Scouts projects, and we actually had tons of pictures in the slideshow, which we thought was really cool. Um, but they call up each Girl Scout, um, all the Girl Scouts by their project name. So some people did individual projects, some did group, and you would go up and you'd get your pin. Excellent. Tell me a little bit about a, a time during the, the, the lengthy history of the Antrim Theater that you sort of wanted to learn more about. Um, well, what we thought was really interesting was some of the letters that they got for um, congratulations on like their 50th anniversary. There's one from... Um, I remember Rockefeller, and there were a few more that were pretty cool to see. Yeah. And another thing, Paige, that you guys told me before was just how different it is now in 2000s, how they're keeping their archive now because of technology. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So um, in the back of the theater, kind of in the storage room, they have just cabinets of history, and each show has a number, and they're just stored but in numerical order and so what I thought was interesting was eventually the numbers stopped they were still kept in some folders and then eventually all the folders stopped and everything we had to find was online so in the decade of 2010 we started using clippings from Facebook and Twitter rather than newspapers because they weren't there anymore. Right. It's interesting how, how it's changed and how, as a historian, one has to change one's way of, of cataloging things yeah. because it may not be a, a, an actual newspaper clipping anymore. It may be an online review. What about the telegrams that you saw? Were that Was that sort of cool to see some yeah. of the telegrams? Yeah. Because nobody really sends a telegram anymore. I don't know if you even can send a telegram anymore. <laughs> so that was that must have been fun. And we talked about Mr. Antrim's red sock, right? Yeah. That was really, you said the only thing that Antrim said, you've got to include a red sock. Yeah, they told us when we came to them with the proposal, they were very excited about it. And they really said, do whatever you want, and except just make sure that we have a wall for Mr. Antrim and his red sock. So you you really knew you wanted to do a shadow box for each decade that sort of makes sense to you the way he had had it organized and that sort of led you that way i'm sure when you know you you can sort of watch technology change too as the decades go on so a lot of it's black and white right Mm -hmm. up until then there was color you know that's amazing how just even that is is how how history's changed over the years and technology so i really want to thank you girls for coming out today um on this 
sort of dreary Monday, but it, it was fun to see you guys. And um, again, my guests today were Paige Danzig, Taylor Wald, and Devin Keeley. And I want to thank them for sharing the important history of the Antrim Playhouse with us and with, with our radio listeners. And I send a long-distance thank you to Danielle Manos, who was, as we talked about earlier, the fourth scout to take part in the project, but who wasn't able to appear to us today because she's traveling. So thank you, girls, for being on the program today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Keep in mind that a recording of this broadcast will be available at rocklandhistory.org. And please also visit Antrim Playhouse very soon to see one of their great shows. Their show schedule and ticket link can be found at www.antrumplayhouse.com and they again I mean 80 years of shows it continues in January with Unnecessary Farce followed by The Man Who Came to Dinner in March and The Rainmaker in June and that web address again is www.antrumplayhouse.com So I hope you will tune in to our next episode of Crossroads of Rockland History. I can't believe it's going to be 2016. We will be speaking with Joanna Yawn, the Orange County historian. With the increase in wattage of WRCR, we thought it was about time we got someone from Orange County. She is going to share her insights on the state of history in the Lower Hudson Valley, as well as the New York municipal historians, which is a unique role. We are the only state that has a requirement, a mandate, that all municipalities have a historian. So we'll talk to her about that. We want to wish everybody a happy new year, and we hope you will visit our website, Historical Society, to find out about all of our wonderful upcoming events and programs. We'll have our final candlelight tours of the historic Jacob Lawveld House on December 27th and January 10th. Those tours are a lovely way to decompress after the hustle and bustle of the holiday season. In addition, our 40th annual holiday exhibition is on view and will continue through January 17th. Those exhibition hours are Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Sundays from 12 to 4. Again, visit our website at rocklandhistory.org or call us at 845-634-9629. That's rocklandhistory.org or 845-634-9629. You can also follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, and now you can find us on Tumblr as Crossroads of Rockland History now as a blog. And don't forget that many of our broadcasts are archived at rocklandhistory.org. Just go to our landing page at rocklandhistory.org and type radio programs in the search box. I'm Claire Sheridan. Thanks for listening to Crossroads of Rockland History on WRCR and WRCR.com.